1: has been strength. We've been dealing with this, Andy. And so y- you hit us with First John that yeah. we gave you credit for originally in the first yeah. show. But it was <laughs>
2: – Be like, <laughs> exactly, First Andy uh, 2. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, carry on. So, yeah, actually I'm speaking specifically to men and strong men. Um, first John 2 is the passage, of, uh, last part of the book – that I mentioned in the first show, uh, go back and hear it. But um, another scripture that I found this week, and I felt like it was a timely thing from God, but uh, 1 Corinthians 16:13, 13, uh, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. And boy, do we need that today. I mean, all of history has needed that, but we need to have strong men. And I think We've talked about it on here before, masculinity is being attacked and challenged. There's not always been a good um, view of masculinity, but I think it's important that we as men um, show our strength in in a good and holy way. There is such. God calls us to do it, obviously, from that scripture. So what's that look like? That's what we're going to be talking about today.
3: Robbie, I wanted to answer the question you asked me, but we ran out of time okay oh, the question was how do you build this the strength for your signature move my answer is in the word you need to be in the word on your own because there's too much bad information that's being circulated out there people claiming to be speaking for god but they're not
1: yeah it's a beautiful thing if you want to fish why not go someplace where there's fish? <laughs> yeah. And if you want to find out about Jesus and and be bestowed true masculinity, there's nobody like getting it from the source himself, right? And and clearly, you know, I can't even begin to share how much that has meant to my own heart as well as my own strength. So, you know, one of the neat things that you, is as, as Andy pointed out, that this is something that through first John that we're calling out younger men right and so you've got this clip from McFarlane yeah McFarlane is a great
0: movie it has so many aspects and people growing through the movie so you've got these kids that are uh, workers in the field and their parents work in the field uh, there's a whole there's a small town there's a bunch of uh, Mexican workers in the fields and they're in the school McFarland's I forget the guy's name for the who's the coach but he's he's in this small school he, he goes through this whole growth himself where he's down and out my gosh I'm in this lowly town he's thinking he should be some hot shot coach and all this other stuff and he's you know losing other jobs now he's in this one and he's struggling in his new identity as the this coach. The kids, they struggle every single day just trying to get all their work done, get their school work done, and now he started up this cross country track team and added on to everything else that they have for the hardships in their lives and their families' lives. And he makes this transition from being this oh, woe was me, I've got everything so bad, to realizing what people who really have it bad and how joyous they are because they have each other and have family. And so what happens during this movie is this track team becomes really, really good at running long distance cross country and they're at the state championships and he gives this little talk to them.
4: All right, everybody, gather around. Come on. I want you to look around. Best in the state, right? Every team that's here deserves to be including you. But they haven't got what you got. All right? They don't get up at dawn like you and go to work in the fields. Right? They don't go to school all day and then go back to those same fields. That's what you do. And then you come out with me and you run eight miles, ten miles, and you take on you take on even more pain. These kids don't do what you do. They can't even imagine it. When I went out in the field that day with you D's kids, I'll be honest with you, it was a of worst day's work I ever had to do in my life. And I said to myself, whatever kind of crappy job I end up in, it'll never be as tough as that. You kids do it every day. And your parents hope they can do it every day. And they'll do it for a lifetime if it means a better life for you. You guys are superhuman. What you endure just to be here, to get a shot at this, the kind of privilege that someone like me takes for granted. There's nothing you can't do with that kind of strength. have the biggest hearts I've ever seen. go run your race. Hey, coach. Want to call it? Uno. Dos. Tres. make
0: So what happens there is he's basically kind of telling them he's done. It's, it's time for you guys to go mm-hmm. do it. He actually assigns one of them as captain and he walks turns away and they called him. That guy, that same kid, mm-hmm. calls him back in so the coach can call it so he can send them off like he always has because they need him and that's where they're starting to realize that too it's like wow we need you coach you've you've become the coach the leader that we need and what I love about that ending is when you look over and you get this big roar I mean you have seven or eight kids running that big roar came from the whole community and that's what we as saints we got to come together as a community of saints and say hey no we're all in this together we're going to roar behind each other we're going to stand up for each other we're going to stand up for truth
1: And the beauty of it is, can you imagine with me, as I was listening to that clip, I couldn't help but think of, here's King David, you know, essentially with the Israelites army that was, you know, at this point in time, Saul has chased him all over the place, right? (laughs) And these are the complete second class citizens of a second class country that, you know, they're in the land of misfit toys. And King David is saying the same thing to them. Right, that hey, they don't know this, but you guys are superhuman,
2: yeah.
1: A- and and clearly, when you see King David's mighty men, well, why do you think they were mighty, right? Why why do you think they were mighty? Jim one smiled because he knows why they were mighty, right? They got their masculinity called out,
5: and they had this wonderful ancient battle cry, the Rach Hazach Hamatz, which is basically be strong be courageous but it is in and it's a fervor that allows them to charge into battle together single-minded for god right and that's the important part i think we don't want to lose track of the strength being. oh i can bench press a thousand pounds i can't uh at least not in the last 50 years. <laughs> but uh, that strength is a minor portion of the overall strength that God's given us. And we have to be careful how we use it.
1: Right. And so when you see these stories about King David's mighty men, maybe you got a story like that in your life. Well, I just happened to. You. I know you're going to be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> so, you know, when I was a Boy Scout, we had this. This, I was just got all the misfits because I was the only leader of all the Boy Scouts when they put these troops together that had any experience. And so I'd been a Boy Scout for a couple years. And so when they picked the people that are going to be in each patrol, which is what you call it in Boy Scouts, you know, all the popular kids went into, you know, popular groups, whatever. And for whatever reason, they sent me all the misfits. So I got the bedwetters, you know, I got the. You know, what you would think were the complete oddballs of all time when you saw this rattlesnake patrol, because, I mean, this one kid was a thief. His name was Neil Blum. He'd steal anything from anybody. He was just bad news. And everybody I had was just weird. I mean, it was the land of Misfit Toy. And and so for two years, every competition, you know, Boy Scouts have all kinds of competitions. You do jamborees, you do this, that, and the other. You know, we would get killed and so they had this, um, it's called a Klondike Derby. And so what you got to do is you got to build this sled. This is in Michigan and, and you're going to build this. It looks like a, a, like a dog sled, but you pull it with the boy Scouts and you got to pull it to different stations based on a compass. Well, this particular Klondike Derby, it is snowing to beat the band. Like the, it is snowing so hard that you can't see anything for like two feet in front of you. And so, you know, we're out there. Well, in I had this one kid I mean he was I'm knowing what I know now he was probably autistic socially terribly awkward but the kid could read a map like there was no tomorrow okay (laughs) give the boy a compass and you were going to get to where you needed to go he was totally weird and didn't belong you know necessarily in the group but man so you know here we are we're in this thing like okay And, and so you know he says well we got to go to that first station. Well, we don't even think, har- you know, we give him the map. None of the rest of us have to do nothing, and he takes us right till we get to the first station. They said, well, you got to build a fire in the middle of the snowstorm with one match. Well, this other nutcase I had was a complete pyromaniac. <laughs> I mean, he could start a fire in any situation. <laughs> <laughs> right i mean there was no way that he couldn't start a fire so man boof you know he had a daggum gun bonfire going before you could hardly believe it you know we're off to the next station we have no problem because we have this guy that can read the map and we get to this next station and you got to lash these things together and make this tower well my bedwetter Petey. <laughs> <laughs> Kid could lash man. He was good with a rope. He he did. You know, in other words He had his own way that he reflected God and his signature move was with a rope He could lash man. And so we picked up this tower. We didn't think anything about it Well, we've done three stations where the rattlesnake patrol We think you know, we've had a good time. Let's go sledding. We got this beautiful sled. It's snowing (laughs) We got no chance of winning this thing, right? And so let's sled, you know. So we spent the next two hours sledding. And of course, you know, we didn't get lost because when it time to come back, you know, we just (laughs) turned to the guy that could use a map. And and as we're coming across the finish line, people are cheering like crazy because the Rattlesnake Patrol had won the Klondike Derby. (laughs) Gave you a piece of that Klondike bar, huh? (laughs) And and what happened to the Rattlesnake Patrol? You know, they give you this blue ribbon to put on your patrol flag and all this stuff. And I'll never, ever forget the transformation within what was the... Everybody picked... You did not want to play dodgeball with these kids. I'm just telling you, this would be bad. But, but, what, but nonetheless, like, what, what we came together in was that battle cry, right? We came together because we knew each other's strength. It's like, okay, we need a fire. Lenny, build a fire. <laughs> You know, where you go. And, uh, you know, just giftedness, Andy. There you go.
2: Strength. You go. Strength. Go ahead.
5: I just was kind of uh, worried that you were talking about me because I was your first two scouts, and that, and I was in the leftover patrol, too, the Eagle <laughs> patrol in my day. So.
1: Well, this is a perfect time for you to talk about the – talk about a loser we got in a mask <laughs> Go, Jim, go! <laughs> the mask of Zorro.
0: The, well, let's
5: jump into that. Uh, this is a, a wonderful example yet of another uh, sage taking on a pupil and teaching him how to – be strong and he thinks he already is as most young men do but uh, he gets a, a lesson from the older man
6: where did you get that <clears throat> it's none of your business where did you get it, it what's my brother's he's dead I'm sorry you're sorry why should you be sorry you should not trade something like that for a mere glass of whiskey why not? You think I could get two? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? That's the man be my brother. You're drunk and you're angry, in no condition to fight a professional soldier. Get <sighs> out of my way, old man. Would you care to try again? Oh! You're welcome. For what? For saving your life. I would have killed him. No, not today. He is trained to kill. You seem trained to drink. Yes, my friend, you would have fought very bravely and died very quickly. You then would avenge your brother. I would have found the way I have never lost a fight. Except to a crippled old man just now. What is your name? Alejandro. Alejandro. You know, there is a saying, a very old saying. When the pupil is ready, the master will appear. Now, if you want to kill this man, I can help you, and I can teach you how, how to move, how to think, how to take your revenge with honor and live to celebrate it. It will take dedication. It will take time. Why are you so eager to help me? Because once, a long time ago, you did the same for me.
5: That's, uh, you miss a lot of action there, but uh, the Alejandro is drunk. He's going after the guy that killed his brother, and he is stopped by the original Zorro. And he is trained to become the next Zorro, and that allows him to fulfill his destiny and, and getting that revenge, which is not a great thing to target your strength at, but in this case it was defeating evil. So there's that. But in, in this scene it shows when we are on our own i love the line i've used it many times you know we will you will fight bravely and die quickly if we are doing things on our own we're in trouble
1: right but if you're, you go into it wholehearted then when the pupil's ready the master will appear which is there's tremendous wisdom in both those lines and then they're coming from the sage and you know that was just it when when harold talked about going to the word if if you really want to get strong, I you know, it's not terribly hard to find strength cuz the the word, you know, the word is full of it and and when you're really ready and you're hungry enough, right, Andy? Yeah. Then then the then the master will appear. Well, I know you had this clip we've been saving the best for last cuz you know, this is it brings it all home, right?
2: Yeah, but before that, I mean, I like about the word. So, you know, it was in that first John uh talks about you're strong because of the Word of God abides in you. Obviously, it's the Word, and I, you know, I think a lot of us we had a, uh, had the Word, but we weren't necessarily applying it right. We weren't using it skillfully in battle, so we fought bravely and died quickly. That's kind of where I was at. So, this clip, though, that uh, that I have is from Robin Hood. I was submitted it last week for loyalty, and it seems to me to be play a little bit better even this week. I liked how. It's it's Robin Hood speaking to the king, and the king is basically being author, author, authoritarian and trying to you know basically demand loyalty to his subjects, which the enemy likes to do to us. And he offers you know he wants that loyalty, but he offers nothing, and that's what Robin Hood says to him. But he comes from a point of strength, and that's I guess what uh, how it kind of really. Grabbed my heart was the fact that that's the way I want to speak to the enemy or to kings, anybody that tries to lord over me that is not you know in line with what God's plan is for me. Again, I think that's what we have. That this king reminds me of the voices I heard before. Um, Go ahead.
7: A king does not bargain for the loyalty that every subject owes him. Without loyalty. There is no kingdom, there is nothing. I'm here to speak for Sir Walter Loxley. Speak if you must. If you're trying to build for the future, you must set your foundations strong. The laws of this land enslave people to its king. A king who demands loyalty, but offers nothing in return. In tyranny lies only failure. You build a country like you build a cathedral. From the ground up, empower every man and you will gain strength. Well, who could object to such reasonable words? If your majesty were to offer justice, justice in the form of a charter of liberties, allowing every man to forage for his heart, to be safe from conviction without cause, or prison without charge, to work, eat, and live on the sweat of his own brow, and be as many as he can. And that king would be great. Not only would he receive the loyalty of his people, but their love as well. So what would you have? Hmm? A castle for every man. Every Englishman's home is his castle. What we would ask, Your Majesty, is liberty. Liberty by law.
2: I just love that that strength that goes after, you know, that freedom. That's essentially what we're talking about: strength to obtain that. And you know, it talks about how he talked about how you, um, if a a king, if he would do his, 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 um, I guess his kingdom, but if he does it right, he'll both have loyalty and love. And I mean, that's what it is. I mean, God has my loyalty and love. Um, because what, uh, you know, what he's done for me, but you know, there's a certain amount of strength that you have as a man and say, yes, this is something I want and I'm going to go after it. And it takes strength to do that. And, and if you don't, if you don't step into that, you'll never walk into that special sauce, that glory. And I love what Robbie was talking about. It really gets to the identity of how God created you. So I'm going to tie this to my story a bit Is it goes into the new name talk, um, for the longest time, I wanted to have that strength, and I just never really felt like I did. I felt like I struggled with, you know, anger, lust, you know, those things, and you always heard the enemy's voices, uh, to that, you know, just kept you bound by that in shame. But, um, you know, I think it was like the third, maybe the third boot camp that I went to, I was asking God what my new name is. And I'd heard some other things, but nothing really resonated. And and I remember him saying, "Go, go look up your given name. And I think I had heard this as a kid and just forgot it, but the name Andrew means strength. And that's something I really had struggled with, and it was like that identity allowed me to really step in. It was, I actually, I've really become, you know, to where I've seen God as my father. But the first thing that really made an impact to me From the boot camps was the new name and the identity message because, you know, that's what you have to start with. You have to realize what God calls you. And a lot of times when men made progress in their strength in the Bible, it was when they got their identity.
0: Yeah, we talked last week with loyalty, you know, what is loyalty, what is not loyalty, how loyalty could be misconstrued, misused, and same thing, strength is even probably even more misused. And that's what's caused a lot of division in our society because a bunch of men went out and misused their Mm. strength and tore others down to make themselves look better. And talk about, you know, signature move and things of that nature when you were talking. Because I was like, I don't know what my signature move is. I don't have a signature move. And then popped in the two words discipline and accountability. And I have used that ever since learning that early on in my career in the secular world, but they are the two things. It's like if you just focus on getting discipline and accountability in the workforce and your, whatever you're doing, it just, it, I haven't found anything it doesn't apply to in helping. And, you know, even in your Christian walk, it's, yeah, you need to have some discipline and accountability, you know, and that's what good brothers and good sisters will do with you is help you through that. It's like, Yes, you have to have that discipline in the Word, as Harold was talking about. I man, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Harold. Um, there's that, okay, are you doing it just as a chore and I got to do it and I did my 15 minutes or I did my 30 minutes? No, it's the discipline to go deeper with him and to learn and to listen to him. All that comes in there. And then it's the accountability to... Be in a church group, be in a brotherhood, be in some kind of, and again, whatever your church group is, but it is with other, you know, community of believers. And you have to walk in that and be accountable to them for something before you're really going to start to grow.
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool that from when you look at what Deuteronomy teaches as well as the First John passage, that if you're going to teach your children... <laughs> or if you're going to teach the young man or whoever it is that you go to teach, uh, uh, there's accountability in that, which when you go to teach something first, you got to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's
0: the best way to
1: learn it is by teaching it. Cause exactly. you will make mistakes and you have to go deeper to find out what's in there. Exactly. So go to teach a passage and, or, you know, you know, one of the best accountabilities that, you know, you get a radio show every week and guess what? You're going to be accountable <laughs> 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 to, to, you know, to find yourself, you know, researching clips or, you know, different things. Or if you teach a Sunday school class or whatever it is that, that, that God allows you to serve. Right. And interestingly, you know, the Jews call those things mitzvahs. Their commandments. When you see it in the, especially in Psalms, you'll see them refer to commandments all the time. Also in Deuteronomy, but what you may not have thought about is they think of these commandments as a way that you actually clothe yourself. That like you, that they cover you, and this is how they cover you. You put them on, right? This was an action that you decided. God gave you the opportunity, right, to go speak at this camp, or God gave you this opportunity to do the PowerPoint at your church right it's a, it's a mitzvah because they think of it as good deeds like here's an opportunity that that you've been asked by God to go take part in what it is that he's doing and so by stepping into that right and providing your strength to do the powerpoint interestingly where does that where does that take in you over the years Harold as as God has given you that opportunity
3: great joy great satisfaction I love being able to take some of the photographs that I've taken of landscapes and find the very best scripture that I can find to put on that that sends a message. So I feel like that the preacher may be standing in the pulpit teaching, but I've already done my teaching with the slides that I've had to introduce songs and the time for prayer and the time for scripture reading. So right. I, do, I do my teaching without opening my mouth.
1: So think about what King David was saying in Psalm 119 when he's crying out, open my eyes that your commandments wouldn't be hidden from me. What he's actually talking about is these opportunities to serve him that they wouldn't be hidden because they lead you into adventures like you would never believe as you step into your faith and, and walk into this discipline and accountability by law. <laughs> As Robin Hood would say, right? So, uh, how fun. We need you to come to the boot camp so we can come share life with you guys. So, you go to masculinejourneyradio.org, register for the boot camp. That's why we're here. We want to see you. This is the Truth Network.